Well, hello, hello, hello. Today is a very special episode of the I Am Sherry Goodall podcast. Why, you ask? Because today I'm going to introduce you to one of my big sisters. Yes, in real life, my big sister, R. Abayomi Goodall, is an accomplished and versatile performing and visual artist often described as a personality of rhythm, color, and sound. She was born in Philadelphia and raised in Washington, DC. And Sister Yomi, as she is known to many, is living in Selma, Alabama currently, and has been very instrumental in the Edmund Pettus Bridge Crossing annual celebration She's been the director of the Ancient African Enslavement and Civil War Museum. And she has stage credits that include The Spirit of Harriet Tubman, I Am Elizabeth Bauer, Bowser, The Amen Corner, The Georgia History Timeline, For Color Girls Who Have Considered Suicide When the Rainbow is Enough, and much, much more. But today, she's going to talk to me about why she has made a decision to repatriate and go back to Africa. So tune in. And if you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button because you're not going to want to miss one episode of the I Am Sherry Goodall podcast. Here we go. You're listening to I Am Sherry Goodall the podcast about starting a business as a midlife career woman. Conversations with friends, reviews, ideas, and random thoughts. Now here's Sherry. Like your background, like, because people don't know that I actually have a sister and all the great things you've done. Yeah. Well. Don't be sad. Or do I I need to say Okay. Well, I am a arts educator, first and foremost. Um, but before really stepping into my career as an educator, that's not true. I did a couple of years of teaching before I really um, started traveling a lot, do being an artist, um, a classically trained dancer who uh, discovered traditional African dance um, as part of her classical training, matter of fact, and um, fell in love and then began to specialize. And so I traveled, uh, well, all of, I should say my probably first five teachers were all from the continent. So I studied traditional dance um, from, you know, continental Africans. And then began to travel myself uh, throughout the continent, studying and dance. Um, was very blessed to travel throughout North America and Canada, South America, parts of Africa, Australia, as a dancer, particularly as uh, one of the dance, Stevie Wonder's dancers. Um, I danced with Stevie Wonder um, when he came out with his In Square Circle album. And um, traveled all over with him, traveled with um, a reggae group, um, other cultural groups, um, Afro-Cuban dance. Cultural dance is just my thing. That's just my thing. Yes. I've been very, 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 very blessed to travel as well as a dancer and a choreographer. Um, My choreography, once I started my own dance company, Children of the Diaspora, or co-founded my first company in New York, along with my sister co-wife, Sister Oni uh, Pouche Ray Ray, um, I became known as a choreographer. Uh, My work was starting to be recognized, and people started sending for me to come and do choreography on their companies. So I've traveled extensively and performed as a uh, dancer for many, 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 many years. And I still dance and I still teach dance. Um, I'm in Alabama currently and have been teaching in their school system for the last five years. Um, came here to Alabama, uh, Selma, historic Selma, Alabama, 
to be the director of the Ancient African Enslavement Civil War Museum. Another thing that I teach is Black history. So um, I became the director of their museum and did that for like five years um, and then got into the school system and have been teaching Black history and dance in the Summer City uh, School District for the last five years. Yeah. And um, prior to you, you, you used to model in New York and um, yeah. yeah, my That's favorite picture of you was when you had the, um, your portfolio shot and you had the big afro. Mm -hmm. uh, I used to have that picture framed hanging in my room. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, um, I guess, what spearheaded me into um, the arts. Um, I started out, you know, in charm school, debutante. Uh, and then started modeling for a local agency, Charisma, in Philadelphia. Yeah. And then um, got entered into a, a modeling competition in New York, which was held at the Wardwell Astoria. And it was like 200 models from around the world. And we were showcasing for these international designers um, who went on to choose who they wanted to represent their line in this uh, extravagant fashion show um, at the Wardwolf. And I was picked up by a designer from uh, Italy, from Milan. Uh, at that time, you remember my hair was real, 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 real short. Yes, yes. I didn't feel a haircut before it became a style. Yeah, but that came out of my experience with modeling. Like, the makeup artists loved my face because they was like, you have so much space between like your eyebrow and your eyelid. Yes, yes. And then they'd be like, oh, your cheekbones are so high, you know, so they would beat the heck out of my face. Yeah. And then um, I have a face that I can pretty much wear anything, any style of wig, any color. Um, hats I wear well, you know, so they were always putting hair on me and putting hats and just, you know, so, and I wasn't in the hair that big. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and then yeah. Diana Ross was my idol. What? Yeah, with the big hair. Denise Morgan, she got the Diana Ross hair. It was the big, it was, even before the big, big hair, um, it was just like her face, her eyes were big like ours, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And um, she had did so many things or they used to do so many things to her to present her um, when she was modeling. And she was just like my idol. And Lola Falana, another one. Oh my goodness. So yeah, I was like, they so into my face. I wasn't in the hair anyway. I trimmed it all off. I wore a boycott. Because they were always putting hair on me, you know what I'm saying? And props and hats and things and glasses and yeah. So yeah. I went for modeling. I ended up getting picked up by Ebony Fashion Fair. Remember that? I do remember that. Man, I thought my sister was a rock star. I was like, okay, with Ebony, and she toured with Stevie Wonder. Okay, and my sister lives in New York. Okay, <laughs> dance with Third World and Roberto Borelli, Kuchin, yes. and uh, the Calamas Dance Theater, and just some awesome groups, and just traveled everywhere, and just danced and shared my art, and met people, and. You know, I mean, the arts, dance in particular, it's a ministry for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what a beautiful, what a beautiful life um, to be able to reflect upon. So uh, one of the things, so before I jump into the next thing, let me check the comments. Oh, Mama Wilcox says, oh, she was talking about when I said that daddy um, made sure we were all connected. Mm -hmm. She said, that's just what we did in our time period, your mom and my generation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think it's so important and we need that again right now because there's a lot of disconnect in the world. And it really is. Yeah. Thanks, Mama Wilcox, for that. So, but you see how God works? This whole yeah. pandemic came about, which forced people to stay home, be with their families, um, spend time, you know, um, educating their own youth or at least being more involved in the education of their youth. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it back, it back in. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, because our lives get so busy in this modern age and we're moving in, you know, four or five, 50 directions. And yeah. um, the Lord slowed all that down. All of it. You know, all of it, all of it. So before I jump to the um, next thing I want to talk to you about, I want to kind of talk a little bit about waist beads um, because I've mentioned this before and, uh, you know, I'm making these for Aaron, Mr. Aaron Hill. He's so excited about getting these. Awesome. <laughs> and someone commented that they don't think that men wear waist beads. And I remember asking you about that. Can you talk a, a little bit about the history of waist beads and also whether you know of men who have worn waist beads or like what that's about? And a little bit about the history in general of waist beads. Um, waist beads. Waist beads are generally, or we, I should say more commonly know that women wear waist beads. Waist beads, um, have been given um, as a token sometimes from your significant other, your husband, um, to be worn by the woman. The woman has also worn waist beads um, as a protection of the womb. Uh, those waist beads are worn inside. Uh, they are sacred to the womb and sacred to your significant other. Um, and that's the reason we wear them on the inside. No, no outside energy, definitely no outside entity, uh, no other man or is supposed to touch them or see them. Um, we've worn, we wear waist beads simply as adornment, um, part of our beauty regiment. Um, now waist beads are fashionable like so many other things and so people wear them where they're exposed you can see them i see a lot of the younger sistren like to wear them with their little cut off tops and low you know hip 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 uh huggers hip hugger so they're they've just become fashionable um but the history as I know it, and when we were given waist beads, um, mine's came from my husband, mine's one on the inside. Um, there are rituals that are performed. So to keep them sacred, um, men, I don't know that you call them waist beads, even though that's really where you are wearing them. There are some some groups, some tribes um, where men actually wear the waist beads as well. I tend to see those as a larger bead and worn on the outside um, for costume purposes and or, or dance purposes. Uh, many times you'll see men with waist beads um, as accents to the costume, or they may even have, like we wear on the ankle sometimes, they may even have little bells and things, so they accent the rhythm. Um, so that's pretty much the history as I know it. Again, um, ritual, sacred, womb, woman, um, initiation, um, are times where we might be graced with waist beads. So a young girl's initiation, even she may have waist beads of a certain color to, um, signify, uh, her initiation into womanhood. Um, the color may signify her being a virgin woman um, and of marriage age. Those waist beads could be replaced with waist beads from the husband as a token, as a bonding um, and a joining of the two. So again, we're talking about inside waist beads 
And then again, nowadays, waist beads, like I said, are very fashionable, as many African traditions um, and fashion things are, you know, they've just become fashionable now. And then, like I said, in terms of the men, um, I don't know if there's any sacred reason behind it, but I do know that men have do wear and have worn waist beads. And particularly as part of costuming, as I said, or adornments. Okay. Okay. And um, and is there any, I guess, opposition to men wearing them? I guess it just depends on who you ask. You know? Um, yeah. Different people have different opinions. What does that matter? If that's right. what you were feeling, if you're being drawn to that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Being pulled that way. What's right for you may not be right for the next person. You do what's right for you. Yes, yes, yes. You do what's right for you. Like you're a woman now um, beating for your, your special one, your special guy. That adds a whole different meaning to it. Um, when you wash those waist beads in certain oils, in certain, uh, scents, um, it charges them up if they're not washed in certain things, but you can, if you don't, um, rub them in oils or saturate them in, in certain liquids, just cleansing them with something as simple as sage. Um, it adds a whole nother meaning to it. Right. So, and because you're making them and you're making them with love and you're making them from love and you're making them with your own hands, that adds a whole nother meaning, a whole nother significance to them. Yeah. And that's, that's between you and him. And I don't, I'm not sure where he plans on wearing them inside or out, but you know, anything that we wear out always can bring different energy as we interact with other folks. So, you know, from time to time, you want to make sure you cleanse them because now you do have them as a part of your makeup on your body. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting you say that when I started making the waist beads, because I do understand um, a little bit of the history and, and how they were worn, mm -hmm. I also want to make sure that I'm making them from a place of love, regardless of who they're for, because I want to send exactly. that energy to anyone who's purchasing them. Um, someone was asking me like, oh, well, how much are they? And how, you know, how many can I get? And I explained to people, these are handmade, custom, strong beads. And so that being said, there's no two sets that are alike. Um, and I intentionally don't want there to be like uh, kind of factory style waist beads. I, mm -hmm. I want everyone to be each set to be made with love and, um, you know, a, a intention. So mm -hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. And that's in anything that we create, you know? Yeah. Like you yeah. said, you want to keep that well, I, right. And you want to put your, your all into it. You want to put your heart into it. Yeah. Yeah, the right about creation, right? When you create, you're 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 putting a piece of yourself into whatever. It is Absolutely, and you're giving a part of yourself away. Yes, yes. you know what I'm saying. So, um, just as the creator created did with us. Say again. I said, just as the creator did with us. Absolutely, the creator Absolutely. gave a part of itself away to make us out of love. So Absolutely. there you go. Full circle. Full circle. Exactly. So listen, I have something that I know that all the world doesn't know, but I think you're able to talk about this a little bit. Yes. <laughs> a journey. Shall Talking we? Of, and that's a great segue. Um, <laughs> since we yes. did full circle. The journey. Um, from whence we come, we shall be returning. And when I say that, I mean our ancestors um, come from our motherland. We know that our motherland is Mama Africa. Um, the 
the only land that has every natural resource in the world. Another resource of Mother Africa, of course, were her people. And that's the reason we were targeted um, and enslaved uh, for over 400 years the way we were. Well, the exodus has begun. Many of us have been feeling that spiritual pull by our ancestors to return home to the motherland. And I am about to do that. Yes. My pull has been on me strongly, probably for the last three to five years. Yeah. Um, there was a time where I frequent the continent, as I said, when I was studying um, dance, um, I re started returning to the continent on spiritual pilgrimages um, because of my own spiritual practice. And it was my intent to be settled a little earlier than now. But things were going on in the U.S. that uh, kept me from returning full time. And now those things are not a factor. And the pull has gotten even stronger since those things are not a factor. And what I mean by that is, you know, um, caring for family members who were going through health challenges, mainly my mother, um, my auntie. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, um, our brother, our brother, my grandmother. Um, and I've been blessed enough to be in the position to go and become a primary caregiver yeah. for any members of the family. Amelia, I, you, I, you never met Amelia, but Amelia Boynton Robinson is family. Yes. Yeah. On my side, uh -huh, through marriage, she is connected to my grandmother, Lagervis Philmont, uh, grew up Lagervis Eichencotter. Um, Wait, so I'm, is she related to Reverend Ike? Yes, that is family. Yeah, really? Reverend, yeah, Reverend Ike is, a, and that's what Ike was short for, Ike and Carter. Yeah, I know. Sorry, I didn't mean to say name. my grandmother grew up as an Ike and Carter. Really? My grandmother was, um, my family married into the Eichencotter family. My grandmother grew up as actually a holiday. Um, but she played, Amelia was a, a, a class, a classmate and a playmate of hers in Savannah. Okay. And they all ended up moving up to Philadelphia. And then my grandmother's oldest son, my uncle, uh, JC, John Cyrus, yeah. he married uh, Evelyn Eichern Carter. And so that's how we were connected. Um, so when I came to Alabama and found out that uh, Amelia was family through marriage um, and Amelia Boynton Robinson, for all of you that don't know, is known as the mother of the civil rights movement. If you Google um, Selma, Alabama, uh, the Bloody Sunday event that happened March 7th, 1965, when our people were attempting to march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge and march to Montgomery to demand their rights to vote. They were severely beaten by state troopers, uh, local police um, uh, who turned on them. And uh, the event was televised. So many of them lost their lives. So many of them were severely beaten. Amelia was the first woman who was beaten, tear gassed, and left for dead on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Wow. Um, so I was blessed enough to be able to be a, a primary caregiver for her in the latter years of her life. Um, and what a blessing it was to me. What such a blessing. Yeah. But anyway, it was things like that or events like that that kept me in the U.S. And now that all of those people have now gone on, um, have transitioned, it's time for me to um, repatriate. So I am moving back to Africa and um, I'm so excited. My family there is very excited. I'm coming back and um, I'm looking forward to my work continuing in education. Um, in my village with the children, you know, whatever, whatever journeys lie ahead. Yeah. 
So let me just say, um, if you guys are just tuning in, this is Beating with Sherry. And I'm here every Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. This is actually an extended edition because my sister, blood sister in real life is here. And I am so excited. <laughs> sister Yomi, Sister Yomi at all, Googler, that's the best I can tell you. <laughs> the first part of the conversation. But I also want to invite you, if you're on Facebook, um, look up at towards the top of the thread. And if you're on um YouTube, look in the chat, but there is a link. If you have questions, you want to join in on the conversation, by all means, click the link. We'd love to have you here with us. So talk to me some more, Yomi, about repatriation, because honestly, that was a word, like, I, I know what the word expat meant mm -hmm. and until I spoke to you that I found out about repatriation. Mm -hmm. So can you share with people what that means? Because you taught me what it meant, and I, I didn't know. Um, well, repatriation is to return. It's very similar to Sankofa, which is a um, Ashanti, a uh, Ghanaian word from the Ashanti language. Um, and it means uh, to return. Um, we, you know, it's also a part, I should say, of reparations. And you know what reparations are. Many of our people know when they think about reparations, and that's another organization I'm with, you know, in COBRA, the National Coalition of Reparations in America, um, the oldest organization that have been fighting for reparations for our people for over 30 some odd years. Well, um, part of reparations is repatriation. Again, many people think, oh, reparations, they're thinking, oh, we're going to get that check. And economic and economic component is a part of reparations but reparation talks about repair repairing our people and we have been injured and damaged as a result of the ex, um experience that our ancestors went through for so many years and so we demand as part of our reparations um economic uh, stimulus, um, proper health care, um, uh, fair education. Well, repatriation is part of that. Marcus Garvey talked about that years ago when he had formed the UNIA. Um, his whole thing was back to Africa, back to Africa. Right. But we know every Black person is not going to go back to Africa. Some right. people are so connected to the West or the UK um, or where they are that, and they don't feel and have that connection to Africa as some others of us do. And that's all right. That's your choice. You know, I've had many people say, I ain't going back to Africa. I was born right here. Besides that, our ancestors built this land. All of that is true. Many of us were born right here. Our ancestors did um, build this land. But until you go home and see our people, you won't know that you are them and they are us until you actually go home for yourself. And I believe that every African-American should go home at least one time and see Africa. Um, I've heard that so many times, Yomi. Um, I was listening to uh, Steve Harvey one day, and he was talking about his first experience visiting Africa. And Ghana, yeah. He, yeah, and how he was just completely humbled and blown away by mm -hmm. everything that we have been taught or assumed to be true. Um, my friend, Nicole, if you're watching this, Nicole, shout out to Nicole. Um, she's the blue backpacker on Instagram. And oh. Yeah, you follow her. Yeah. She has an amazing story where she actually um, left Nike. And when she left, she actually traveled the world for about six months. And she said the same thing about Africa. She cannot wait to get back there. Um, and then also my friend um, Amber, if you're watching this, Amber, Amber actually um, is a civilian with the U.S. government, but she is actually was stationed in Africa for I think the last two years. Oh, is that your friend you told me in Tanzania? Yes. And yeah. her pictures on Instagram and here on Facebook are amazing. The things wow. she's seen, the places she's been, it's absolutely beautiful. It's nothing like 
what the man in the White House called it uh, as a whole. It's it's not that at all. And and I can't wait to come visit you there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's got its issues, but every place does. Right, right. But it's so empowering and inspiring, uplifting to just see our people in every aspect of life. You know, we're just, we do everything. It's us, you know? Um, and Africa is so diverse. It's probably the most diverse continent I've ever been to. It has from one extreme to the other. Um, unfortunately, what they tend to market through media, um, they like to try to show where Africa, oh, it's so much, it's poverty stricken. And people are running around uncivilized and speaking these, speaking in tongue that is not civilized. And it's not that, it's that it's their own indigenous languages that you just don't understand what it means. It doesn't mean it's not a language. Um, When you are on a hot continent, as Africa is, it's not necessary to dress like you're in the West or like you're in the UK, you know? So you may not see people um, in lots of clothing in traditional areas of Africa, mainly like village life. You may even see people, you know, um, women with their breasts exposed or, you know, but that's village life. When Africa is so modern, I mean, it's got cities, it's so metropolitan, larger than a whole lot of people have ever lived in and or visited or can imagine. It's so much wealth in Africa. Black people live in large. So I've heard. Hmm? So I've heard. It's funny you say both of those things. So um, one of the things that um, a couple of people have said is that when they got to Africa, it was so Americanized, they were disappointed when they first got there. Exactly. Um, And so they intentionally started going to visit other areas of the country because they wanted to see how. I've had friends say the same thing, Sherry. I've had friends say the same thing. They've come to Africa and was disappointed because it was so modernized and they're coming looking for primitive and bush and and animals. Look, I've had friends from Africa that came to America and went to the zoo before they saw their first game animal. Hello? Oh, no. All these myths because we grew up, my generation, we grew up on Tarzan and you know, all of those little quirky shows that just didn't tell the truth about Africa or gave us the impression that everywhere in Africa was bush, everywhere in Africa was uh, tribal, everywhere in Africa there were big game animals. Lie, lie, lie. Yeah. Like I said, very, very diverse. Now, the other thing that I find interesting is that, um, and I know you can talk about this too, because you've been watching a lot of YouTube channels, but um, is the amount of wealth that's there and the amount that um, a lot of people are repatriating because, or, or not even, some people are not repatriating, they're just moving to Africa, right? Mm-hmm. But um, because things are so much more affordable. So um, I have a, a cousin in New York uh, my cousin Stafa and we were talking and he was telling me about a friend of his who he was like, Sherry, he lives like a king. Like he has a palace on like $800 a month, you know, and the things that people, and I know a guy from DC who actually went and bought a home in Africa because, and with, and he has servants and the whole nine yards for what he was paying for an apartment here in the States. It's so possible. It's so possible because of um, the U.S. dollar, um, the the pound um, from Great Britain uh, carries a lot more weight. You know, uh, you get so much more for your money. Um, a lot of people go to Africa and they build. So they don't have mortgages like we have here. Of course, cash is king in Africa. So it's pretty much a cash and carry type. Um, uh, a continent, um, many, many, many places in Africa, you can live very, very well. 
on half of what we live here in the United States. Yes. Um, there is so much, as you mentioned, um, I've been following a few repats and diasporians on YouTube. And I like it because there's more content online now than ever before in real time. So you get to share other people's journeys and other people's experiences. I still would suggest don't move to Africa like I'm going to do. If you haven't visited Africa, it might or might not be for you. Some of us are so westernized that we can't get past the fact that, you know, oh, the lights may go out or the water pressure isn't up to what we're accustomed to. Right. Or, um, you know, other things about Africa. So it's not for everybody. It is for everybody to come and see and visit and particularly all African-American or, or, or people of African descent, irregardless of where we are. Um, you don't have to live in Africa to invest in Africa. Business is good in Africa. Yeah. And Africa is growing. It's probably the fastest growing economy, fastest growing continent out of all of them. Africa is now. Africa is not the past. Africa is now. And it is a place to invest. And so a lot of diasporians and repats that are, are, are going home are bringing their resources, not only their dollars, but their education, their experiences, their intellect, um, and starting up businesses, being able to sustain themselves and to support the local economy by hiring other local people, you know, to work with them and for them. Um, it's a lot of opportunity in Africa. Africa is constantly developing and it needs more developers. It needs more investors, more supporters. And this is something that we can take part in, irregardless if we choose to go and live there or not. So it's interesting because, you know, when I was at Howard, there were a lot of people from Africa that come to Howard University yeah. to um, get an education and go back home. And I mean, you literally would meet people of royal descent or royalty. Absolutely. And they're like, oh yeah, I, I'm from Africa. I'm a prince in Africa. And yes. you know, you think like, sad to say, but true, you think coming to America, you know? Yeah. What I mean? But I mean, they really, they're coming here, they're getting education, they're going back. Um, I have a, a, a good friend, um, shout out to Israel Adonijah. So if you guys don't know Izzy, Big Izzy, uh, he used to play for the Chicago Bears, but he's Nigerian descent. And, um, you know, he goes home every year and he really takes like um, doctors with him to the villages and clothes and all kinds right. of stuff. And he uses his wealth from the NFL to help, you know, support people there as well as um, the foundation that he has here in the States. So it's really interesting, um, you know, and listening to you. And so you've kind of fallen into this like um, love affair with YouTube. I have. <laughs> Do you have some favorite YouTube channels that you're watching now? Um, yeah, a lot of them. Like I love my African picnic. I love um the um oh god, everybody's slipping my my mind now. Uh African Tigress. I love um Io and her husband, they're the repats out of um Texas. Um, oh my goodness. I almost want to look at my subscriptions. Like I have so many people that I'm watching now. Sanav, another sister. Okay. Um, out of Mississippi. Um, oh my goodness. So while you're thinking of that, let me ask you a beating question then. Okay. While you're looking for it. So I've now completed this, this feed, this, uh, uh -huh. so there you go. I restrung it. Okay. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I have the waist measurements. Um, uh -huh. is a little longer than at his, his actual waist. So do you suggest tying it off now or waiting and tying it 
because this is an elastic cord. This isn't a permanent installation. It is an elastic cord. And you're going to see him shortly, right? Yes. Yeah, I would say that you could probably um you could probably wait. And tie it off. And tie it off then, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh God, how could I have forgot my girl, um, Juliet from Black Sid? I am straight tripping. Oh, I like that. She's doing awesome things over there in um in the Gambia, Black Acres of the Gambia. I look at them; they're an older couple too. Um, Lacia seventy five. Like I said, um, Io and her husband from Expat Life, Ghana. Um, there's so many people, and I keep discovering folks, you know, like I love um, Ivy Prosper, I love the arrivals, and of course, my brother over in Senegal, which is where I will be, which is where I have roots, um, and have had for the last 18 years because I have a husband, a sister, co wife, and um, children there. Um, my brother RJ Mahati. Um, so there are a lot of people that I, you know, look at, check out, see what's going on, keep up with in Africa. Well, I'm excited for you to um, to return. And I've learned so much just from talking to you over the last few months, even about it. And, yeah. and so that's been very exciting. And I can't wait to come visit you, like I said. So. I can't wait for y'all to come visit me. I also shout out to my girl Oli Matatal in the Gambia. Um, that's how I ended up in Alabama. Oli Mata's mother, Ibae Connie Tucker, and Oli Mata, who was at that time the director of the National Voting Rights Museum and Institute in in Selma, Alabama. I was in Atlanta doing my thing, um, teaching, performing doing my stories as a storyteller because I'm a professional storyteller as well. And um, and um, I was just doing my thing. And this position opened at the museum in uh, Selma, Alabama, and they put my name in the hat. And I got the interview and they wrote wonderful um, recommendations for me. And I was eventually hired in. And so I came to Selma, Alabama in 2010 and began my work here. And um, Connie passed away right after mom, my mother passed away. Yeah. Um, and Connie was just my total support, Oli's mother. And my mentor, and Oli is younger than me. She's my little sister, but she has was raised in um, the Black Power Movement. She was raised as a um, mover and shaker, as an activist. Um, like her mother was, and um, her father is from the Gambia, so she was raised between the Gambia and Alabama and Hawaii. Um, strong, strong young woman um, into um, her work as a publicist um, and a marketing person has afforded her travel everywhere, and she's worked for some awesome artists. Um, Don't sleep on us marketing people. I'm telling you. Well, that's my baby girl, my little sister. And she has returned home and started a foundation in her mother's name, the Connie Tucker Legacy Foundation, which is doing big things in the Gambia. And one of the largest projects um, at hand is building an institution in her mother's name, uh, a center that would house a museum and a library and, and function as a technical center so we can train up some more young people. And that will be in the Gambia as well. And, and so, yeah, I'm going to actually land there and we're going to support that work. Um, and build that institution in her mother's name. So I will be between Senegal and the Gambia. I love it. Yeah. Love it. yeah. So this has been a great conversation. You have it to has been fun. All right. Yeah. For these two weeks for my Christmas break. So I'll come back. Yes, you got to come back. I'm going right. to actually turn this into a podcast episode. So anybody tuning in, you have now been witness to a live podcast. Oh, wow. Um, and I end beating with Sherry um, every day with, uh, I started doing empowerment cards. 
Okay. Um, because I just wanted to leave people with something um, that empowers them, literally, literally Absolutely. and figuratively. So I do these empowerment cards. I'm a little bit of OCD because I don't like them to be turned different ways. <laughs> Look, I got my OCD too. I know. Right. So while you've been talking, I've been shuffling cards, but I, I just draw a random card every day. Okay. And they just jump out. They just jumping out. So I'm going to pull a card though. All right. You might want to go with one of those that jumped out. You know, today yeah. is the great conjunction. This is when Saturn and Jupiter are within like an inch of each other, which uh, to the naked eye, appears probably that short of a distance, but they're actually a little further apart. But the beautiful thing is, is the energy that they drop, the wisdom, the knowledge um, is going to be awesome. And it can be viewed right after sunset all around the world. Um, of course, if you have a telescope, it's even nicer. If you got some binoculars, that's cool, like I do, but it can be viewed by the naked eye. And it's a powerful time in the universe. This hasn't happened for, I think, the last, I don't know if it was 400 or 800 years since this has happened. They're calling it the Christmas star, even though it's not actually the star that the Magi observed, but because of the brightness of it and because of the time of year that it's happening, they've kind of nicknamed it like the Christmas star, but yeah. it's really where the two planets are coming just so close together that they're like a twin planet and it makes it, the light illuminates even brighter. So it's supposed to be an awesome, awesome, spectacular event today. Um, Everybody will feel it in one way or another because um, it will manifest. The energy is so intense. It will manifest in many, many different ways. So enjoy it, my people. Um, make your intention and make your clear intentions for 2021 um, and move forward. So this tonight is literally the night that you wish upon a star. Absolutely. This yeah, is the night. I love that. This is so, I got I got a message here from Mama Wilcox. She okay. said she enjoys listening. Every day is an opportunity to learn something. And she said, thank you. So Aww. thank you, Mama Wilcox, for tuning in with us and for your feedback. I love it. Thank you, Mama Wilcox. We have a Wilcox here in, in Alabama, an area that I work in and that is very dear to my heart. Um, because that was the first area I began to work with children in Alabama in Wilcox County. Nice. nice. Yeah. So, so I had a card jump out and I had a card that I pulled. Okay. And here's what's interesting. The card that I pulled actually was this is the same card that was pulled last week. Hmm. So it must mean something for somebody, right? Mm -hmm. so I'm going to read that one first. And then we have the bonus card. The card okay. that, that I'm sorry, this is not the card that I pulled. The card that jumped out is the same okay. as the one from last week, and it's it's a, and the artwork is beautiful. It's defy it defy mm -hmm. the fear, and it says fear brings on severe causes of woulda shoulda coulda. Confront the feeling and of emptiness and anxiety over possible rejection. Face the fear now and avoid the regret later. Mm, mm. Yeah. Tonight is wish upon a star. Here you go. Wish upon absolutely. A star. Wish upon that star. Love it. Get over shoulda woulda coulda. Okay. And then the card that um that that I pulled today. This one is good too. This is exercise. Oh, okay. So this one says exercise your right to vote. Exercise your ability to change your life. Exercise your body for better health. Exercise your mind by expanding your knowledge and make time to exercise. Love it. Exercise your right to vote in the state of Georgia. We got a very, yes. very serious runoff. We yes. need to take yes. over that Senate. So we need us and we need Warnock in those Senate seats. My people in Georgia, let's get to those polls. Everybody else, exercise, as you say, your mind, your body, your spirit, so that we remain whole, happy, and healthy individuals as we continue in our journey on this planet. 
Yes. At this time. Let me share this. Again, this is the great conjunction. A new earth is unfolding. Uh-oh, it went small on me. You know I can't see it when it's small. <laughs> Make it big for me because I don't have my glasses on. Hang on one second. Okay. All right, thank you. Um, your soul already knows the way. It signed up to be here and has everything it needs to welcome the new energies in these times. So again, the meaning of the great conjunction, prepare yourself, focus yourself, put your intention out there. You know, uh, faith without works is dead. So just don't put your intention out there, get your butt up and make it happen. Yes. You are in control of your destiny. You are the architect of your life and your destiny. So make it happen. Just do it. As they say, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Thank you, sister. I love you. I love you more. And before we leave, um, for anybody who's interested in watching you and, and, and your journey and preparing for it, um, where can people find you online? Um, of course, I am at um, on my Instagram. I'm Yomi Tales. On Facebook, I'm Yomi Tales. Where am I? Awa. I, no, think I'm, I think you're Awa. You're Awa. I think I'm Awa, yes. Which is my Senegalese name. Every country you go to, you know they're going to give you a traditional name. When they love you, it's just showing love. And so I was given the name Awa, A-W-A, Buso, B-U-S-S-O, many, 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 many years ago when I first started traveling to Senegal. Um, Awa Buso was the mother of one of the spiritual leaders. So it is an honor to be able to carry her name. Um, but yeah, on Facebook, I'm Awabuso on, um, Instagram. I'm Yomi Tales. Of course, my email is Yomi Tales at gmail.com. Um, on Twitter, I think I'm the same thing. I just don't work my social media the way I need to, but my marketing sister is on my case, y'all. <laughs> she's going to help me set up a YouTube channel and get me really up and popping. Your girl may be a little up in age, but I still got a lot of youth going with me. Right. Um, so we're going to we're going to get that YouTube channel started. Uh, the podcast possibly so that you can follow my journey. I would love to share my life and to share my journey back to the motherland with you all. Thank you so much, Yomi. I Thank love you. you. I'm Thank sure you. I'll talk to you later because you know we talk, if not by phone, at least by text throughout the day. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to the I Am Sherry Goodall podcast. You can follow me on all social media at I Am Sherry Goodall, as well as meet me over on Clubhouse. And I would love for you to go ahead and click the subscribe button if you haven't already. Share this podcast with at least five of your friends and leave me a review so that I know what you love and what you're listening to the most. And... If you want to drop me a voice recording here on the Anchor platform, be sure to leave me a message. I'd love to hear from you. All right. And if you'd like to contribute to helping me to continue to make great content, please feel free to send me a cash app at dollar sign Sherry Goodall.